Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Burley and Shaka Hislop. What a game. We saw in London between Spurs and Chelsea... It would take a long, long time to describe every single incident, but let's try and keep it simple, shall we? Uh, Spurs would take the lead early on, Kulisewski scoring, but then everything went a bit mad. Uh, Romero would be sent off, Spurs down to 10 men. Uogi then got sent off as well in the second half, Spurs down to nine men. Eventually, Chelsea made that two-man advantage pay. Uh, Jackson Hattrick would see them win by four goals to one. What that means? Well, Spurs remain second, missing out on the chance to go above Manchester City in the table for the first time in a long time. Chelsea are in the top ten. Former Chelsea defender Mario Malkiot is with us. We're here from Ooh. Mario in a moment. Where are we going to start, well, lads? That, that was going to be my question to you, Craig Burley. Oh. Where do we start? Uh, well, I, I think, first of all, I'd say... We didn't, uh, well, it's my, it's my view we learned nothing about Chelsea tonight. They got the three points, but we learned nothing about them in terms of how much improvement there's going to be. Because it was a non-contest, well, see, it was a non-contest. Spurs hung in there, Chelsea made hard work of it. Uh, but that really took, took, the, uh, took the edge off everything. I, I suppose, did Spurs players lose their head? I certainly think, in Pochacog... Postacoglu was asked about after the game, was it the doggy challenge, what sparked this? I think Romero, we saw Romero getting too involved, and we've seen it before from, from, from this player. He's had a great season, he obviously won the World Cup uh, 12 months ago, he's had a great season alongside Van de Ven, but we saw with a little kick out, which he should have gone for, petulant or not, you can't do it, right? And, and you know, he should have been sent off for that kick out. And then his challenge, his challenge was just crazy, because he can play the ball... He can make that challenge without putting the player in the danger that he put Enzo Fernandez in because he knew what he was doing. He played that ball, he raked his studs right up, halfway up the shin pad. It was forceful, it was, uh, I, I think it was vicious, it was, there was intent in there, it was over the top, it met every criteria. When Shaq and I looked at it straight away, we went, that's it. And it, as you said, it got worse every time you looked at it. Listen, I, I, to, to Craig's point, I, I, as much as we were talking about Chelsea having won 4-1, Craig said we don't know, we haven't learned an awful lot about Chelsea. I, I, I disagree. I, I think this Chelsea is worse than this result suggests. Keep in mind... Oh, shut that's harsh. No, hold on, hold on. Against nine-man Spurs, Spurs, quite e Spurs were the better team for a long period in that second half and then ran out of gas. So, I, I'm nine-man Spurs, again, I, I, I have to underline that. They, they had the goal chalked off, as, as Craig mentioned. They, they had the Betancourt opportunity. Son brings a, a good save um, out of Sanchez. Nine-man Spurs. I, 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 Chelsea, 4-1, but, but it says absolutely nothing, or nothing good uh, to me, how, how in the game Spurs, Spurs still were. Um, 
Uh, on the other side of, of that same coin, I, I, th I thought Spurs were outstanding. Everything about Postecoglou just continues to impress. We'll see how they cope with the injuries now, because those, those are our key players that, 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 that are missing. We've spoken about how important Madison is. We'll see how long, how long he's out for. At least he was able to leave um, under, under his own strength. And then, to, to Craig's point, the, the Romero challenge. I mean, goodness me. I, I, I'm not sure you, you see many worse challenges in, in the game today. And this is not, this as a red card is not new. We've seen this given as a red card. We've argued for it to be a red card time and time again. That is a career-threatening uh, challenge in, in, in the follow-through, in how high up he catches uh, Fernandez. Nothing about this is good. Nothing about it spells what we want to see the game, how we want to see the game play today. And, and in my opinion, the referee absolutely had no choice but to show red. It was, it was without question the right decision. Do you agree, Mario? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, like watching the tackle, um, I think also the, the way the attempt, I think the attempt and the force that he put behind it, I think that even made it worse. Like even what Chaka just emphasized, because normally winning the ball was not the problem. The problem was not about winning the ball because his timing was on. But then he let it, he really purposely pushed through it. And I think that was already, and he was a lucky boy because being on the field, come on, giving a kick to, mm. and it's not coming like, we, you know, we can talk enough about it, but kicking somebody while he's on, you know, like while you're on the floor, it, it's because the referee didn't see it. But if he saw it, he was a lucky boy to still be on it. And if we look at the game, the guys already highlighted. I think also, I agree, Spurs started the game much better. We could see the difference between the two sides, that we had a confident side and a side that is still being built. Um, what did Chelsea do? Because you could see also Potichino at the end. Eh? Um, of not at the end, I think after maybe what? When they got the first red card, he started talking to them. Why is he talking to them? Because he knew that they were struggling to break that line. The line was that high up and you have that much pace in your team. Why did it took you so long to break the line? Because most of the guys didn't understand it. And sometimes when they broke through the line, some of them, I have to say it, were a little bit greedy instead of setting each other up. Because there were moments they could pass the ball to each other and they still went for their own glory. And I think they have to... It's just like they're really working on getting this understanding going and making sure that they want to set each other up. Because it looks way better and it becomes an easier game to win. Chelsea took so long to break this Spurs side down because they didn't have the brains out there from middle to front to understand how to break such a high line. <laughs> when you have such a high line, it's all about midfield runners from deep, right? That's what it's about. It, it, and when you continually try to get, you know, Sterling, Palmer, Jackson, but Sterling and Jackson in particular, when you continually try to get them in off the shoulder of the last defender, then it's always going to be 50-50. Whereas if you've got a Gallagher or a Fernandez or a Caicedo coming from 10 yards deeper, making good angle runs, they've got 30, 40 yards to run into. And they're going to be clearly onside. We saw that at the end. They finally figured it out at the end. About, about five minutes, 10 minutes to go, they figured it out. That's why they took, they had such, I remember having arguments with front guys when this kind of scenario happened, saying, listen, if I see you try to bend a run in there again, we're going to have a fight, right? Because you, you try to bend a run in there, they're so high up, you're offside. Let a runner go from the middle of the park. 
let a runner go from deep and you just drag the defender out. So that's one one of the reasons it took Chelsea uh, such a long time to, to break to them that down. point, is it naive of Postacoglu to maintain that high line? Yeah. Well, we saw the interview after the game, Postacoglu's to Sky Sports, and, and it was, it was once again, it was quite entertaining and, and, and lightning into his mentality. His, his comments to Patrick Davison, the, the reporter, where when he asked him the question and he said, you know, should you have kept the high line? He went, that is who we are. And yeah. that's who we will be. And, and we have been since the moment I've walked into this football club until the moment I leave. And he, his quip at the end was, if we were down to five or six men, he said, uh, we'd still have played the same way. So, uh, look, is it a normal way to do it? The answer is no. You'd normally just park everybody in the, bo in the box and say, OK, break, break us down. But that's not what this manager is about. And, and it's hard to criticise that when he's come in and had such an emphatic change on the style and everybody's I, I, buying I, I, into it. I understand it. What, what he's saying, but surely you have to be able to react, don't you, as a manager, I, to, to what's going yeah, but, on. And but, we, saw, but, we saw Chelsea make that breakthrough but, a number of times. But the bottom line is, the bottom line, until, until right at the end when they were out on their feet, there was up to 90 minutes, there was the Eric Dyer disallowed goal from the set piece and there was a Bentoncourt chance to equalise. So in, in, in that respect, they, they had hung in for the bulk they, of the they, game. They were competing. They were competing yeah. with nine men up until the last five minutes of the game where inevitably you, you run out of steam. And the, the thing I like about this is not just that you miss out on a point. Let's say they, they somehow get a goal and they draw 2-2 two -two and, and, and see, sit deep to your point and, and hang on. It says that we're not afraid of anybody. It says that even when we're down to nine men, we're going to be true to the football that has got us this far. We are not going to shake any kind of challenge. So for sacrificing a point, I think you've sent a far bigger message to that dressing room. Tottenham have spent two years, maybe three years, with 11 men on the field sitting behind the ball. Yeah. And we, and we have criticised it. It's been yeah, but, but I, I I understand like his philosophy, the way he plays, and come on, we all we all agreed already. The way he Gogglu uh, plays is beautiful to watch. You know, anyone that if you like football, you like the way he wants to play. The only thing I think we must have learned from this situation, in the sense of like, I don't know if he's always gonna play that high line in the sense of like reacting to how the situation is, because. Keeping his, his team, I think if they would have scored one of the goals, let's say Son's goal, right? When he breaks through and he has that strike and Sanchez uh, saves it. If one of them would have gone in, he only had, what, maybe 10 minutes or, I don't know, it was around the, towards the end. He might have, have dropped the line because he was very good in the way he worked his line because Ficairo, the goalkeeper of Spurs, was incredibly good. Like, we can talk, you know, like how Chelsea could not break that line. Yes, I agree with that. But how he was playing, oh my God. If I have a goalkeeper like that behind me, that every time he was reading the pass that Chelsea was trying to break the line, he was there, like a, like, almost like a, like a center defender. And it was incredible to watch because he stopped maybe four or five or six, I don't know how many numbers. And I think that was one of the key things. And away from that, I think for Jackson, guys, he scored three times. He should have scored, <laughs> I think, five. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it looked great, but he what the the last one after he scored a hat trick he missed, and the one before the header as a striker. And yeah. I'm the guy that said Jackson has the speed, the strength, and everything. 
but he has to make sure that he keeps on working on that to become the ultimate striker for Chelsea because goals is all people are going to judge you on. I think what we saw tonight was a consequence of the horrendous officiating that we've witnessed for a year or two now. In fact, and the fact that... But to, to, to that point quickly, they got everything right, didn't they? With the exception of the Romero, which could have been a red. Yeah, yeah, they did. But I think what we saw was officials absolutely at breaking point taking so long too long actually to be quite fair I've always said take your time and get it right but that, that yeah. was like the error, that, that was crazy. you could see from the first yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but I think it's a consequence of everything else that's gone on and maybe even a consequence of Arteta's press conference which we'll get to from the weekend and all the other stories in the previous weeks and then the, the, <laughs> the offside goal uh, the shambles at Tottenham when, when the Liverpool goal was, was, was disallowed and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and I wonder as well, the stoppages were so long. We, we have seen a player go off with a hamstring injury and, 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 and Mickey van de Ven, who's, who's been absolutely superb. But that's not helping the players either. If you're standing around for you know, a prolonged period, two or three times within a half, and then you've all of a sudden got to put the, put the burners on and make a sprint... That, that, can, that can accelerate a potential muscular injury because you're actually, you, you know, when, when, when the VAR are taking such a long look at it, you are kind of just standing around yeah. doing nothing. And, and I, that, think, I think that's the thing and that's the frustrating thing is everything just has to be more efficient. Like it yeah. just, you know, obviously they made that massive mistake in the Liverpool match and they don't <laughs> want to make it again. But there's got to be an area where we can get this done quickly, efficiently and correctly. Yeah, but, but um, it, it, uh, from a refereeing perspective, it's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't in, in, in this situation, kind of given some of the criticisms of late and trying to get um, the game restarted quickly. Um, if something is, is, is doubtful, you, you just kind of dismiss it as well. The ruling on the field stands and then there's... This, this kind of um, re-refereeing after and the criticism that, that, that come in the press, that, that, that don't help. And, 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 and to Craig's point, leans into, well, let's make absolutely certain about this. So the game has to decide what they want out of VAR here. Do, do they want it quick and or as, as, as accurately as we can get it quickly? Or do we want to take our time and be absolutely certain? But you can't ask for one and then criticise that decision when, when, when it comes. Yeah, if you, if you want the game speeded up from the offside point of view, you get the automated yeah. offside, which is, you know, as it says, it's automated. But they, they voted against that in England. We see it in the Champions League, but it's so accurate. What it would mean was if your big toe was one millimetre offside, that would be offside. Right. And they wanted, in England, they wanted some leeway. Uh, so that means we have to draw the lines and it has to be adjudicated. And so... <laughs> The automated offside <laughs> is, is almost a perfect science, but it's going to raise its head to the argument, oh, this is ridiculous, because he's a, he's a millimetre or two millimetres off, he's big toe and they're going to chop it off. No one, no one wins. Uh, well, yeah. the, the problem is, like, if you look at the first half, Mario, it was 56 minutes long and we yeah. only saw 23 minutes of action. That is, that's a problem. Obviously, that is an issue that, that needs to be addressed. It's an issue that they have to tackle really quickly because some of the players, like, you know, when you play the first half, you don't want to feel like the game is already done. And also, I understand that the people are in the crowd want to see the game and the people at home. 
But you also have to understand, we want to see high quality and we want to see players that can play high quality. Van der Ven, you understand, is one of the reasons, um, one of the Indians picks up, doesn't want to say that it's identical exactly to the time being, but you don't want to play the game that long for no reason. And I understand they say, yeah, when the ball is out or when it's a free kick or whatever, we got to add time. But sometimes they run over time. The first half was way too long for me. And this is a game, I want, I want to make sure that everybody understands it. The Spurs-Chelsea game, is a really intense game. I, I remember myself coming to England and playing this game. Sometimes you walk into the stadium, you hear, you feel it. You just feel that. It's, it's a feeling that is very difficult to describe if you play any other game. But when you play a derby, the feeling that goes through your system is like, I really felt like, I, I said to myself, I played this game a number of times uh, when I was back home. But when I arrived in London and played against the Spurs team, wow, that fight between them I understood exactly what kicked off. I was actually surprised that so many like uh, uh, from different country guys understood it really well. In this game, everybody, regardless of Romero got the red card, but he understood what the level of this game was asking. Maybe he went too far, or maybe, I mean, he clearly went too far, but he understood how important in London it is, this derby game. It's something else. Romero cost his side, there's no doubt about it. We can talk about a doggy, more inexperienced, second half, second yellow. But Romero's hunger and thirst almost for going over the top of the ball in these challenges effectively just dishevelled the whole Spurs side. Uh, and it's a shame because that first... How do you harness that? Because obviously you want that bit of edge. You know, you want that no, but, for you. Well, you have to tell them we're not, you're not playing the 1970s and 80s. <laughs> you, can't, you, you, you just can't do it. And I'm all for aggression. I am all for aggression. But you know as a player when you make a challenge whether you're going to clean the ball out but keep it low and take a bit of the man or you're going to clean the ball out and your leg's going to come up and it's going to potentially do some damage. His was the latter, right? And I've seen him, we've seen him do it. There was a challenge last... I think it was either earlier this year or last year at Bournemouth that we discussed on here where it was very similar. He got a bit of the ball but he went through onto the player's ankle. He's got a history of challenging this way. And I think uh, Postacoglu has to say to him, look, I don't want to take this aggression out of you, but you have, you have a, a list as long as, a, as long as your arm with these potential challenges. And ultimately, that, that's what dishevelled this, uh, this Tottenham but side. They scored a great goal that went all the way from their goalkeeper, Vicario, out to Madison in the end in the wide position. He played a great reverse pass. All of a sudden, Tottenham are down the right. They had gone 100 yards almost. And OK, the, the uh, Kulisevsky shot was deflected. But it, it, this goal just said, this is going to be a great game. Yeah. It's going to be a huge test for Chelsea. This is, what, scored this is what Tottenham's all about. And then Sun scores a great yeah. goal. It's correctly offside. Just. And then everything just went wrong uh, for Tottenham. And that's not Chelsea's fault. That is Tottenham's fault, it's their players' fault, and no fault of Van de Ven or anybody getting injured, but I go back to it. Uh, stupid challenges have cost this team tonight. I, I want to talk about then, the significance of this result for Spurs going forward. Obviously, Romero yeah. will be out for three matches. Uh, Van de Ven looks like he's in trouble as well. James Madison, uh, Postcoglu, of course, said it was precautionary. But if you take a look at that, we've got their upcoming matches and oh, we don't have the right match. A dog is going to be out as well. You, uh, go, so not, not dog, as long, yeah. obviously not as long. So, so you think you, you be? This is the first real speed bump, isn't it, for Spurs? And now yeah. it's about how you react to that. Yeah, and, and look, I don't think Spurs have the squad to go all the way. So this is a huge learning curve 
once more if, we, if needed for, for Ange Postacoglu to say, OK, what have I got? What have I got outside the 12 or 13 or however it is that I've been using? Who's going to come in and play to the standards of, you know, Van de Ven, a doggy at left back, Madison if yeah. he's out for a bit, you know, Richarlson will have to come in, maybe <clears throat> Brennan will have to play a different, Brennan Johnson will have to play a different position. Who's going to come in from this squad and fill that void? And he's going to learn very quickly whether these players can come in and play the risky football that he wants to play. Uh, so, they're, they're, just to take you through it, they're at Wolves, home against Villa, and then yeah. at Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. listen, I, I, the, the thing for me with this one and, and the test that will be for, for, for Spurs going forward is, is not the result. Not that you've hit the speed bump and all of a sudden you've lost and what do you do now given how, how well things have gone this season? How do you cope with that loss? Is, 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 is the injuries. I'm less concerned about Spurs and their style of play um, than I am about how do they fill that void, especially with, with Madison if, if he's out, he's out long term. Um, that, again, that, that's an unknown quantity about Spurs that, that we, we yet to discover. But truth, truth be told, Spurs are playing with house money at this point. Nobody expected Spurs to be this high in the table, sitting at this point of the, uh, point of the season. Nobody expected Spurs to be playing this kind of football. They just raised the bar, though, Chad. Yeah. Expectations are higher right. now. Granted, they lose the next three games, you're like, oh, where's it all gone wrong? What's no, uh, well, well, well that, that's what everybody on the outside is saying. Uh, for, for me, if you're part of that dressing room, you're part of what's happening under Postacoglu, even if you lose two or three of those games, even if all of a sudden you find yourself just outside the top four and looking in, I think you, you are more bought into, you are more convinced about your ability to compete at the, high, at, at, at the highest level with, with, with the big boys that, than, than you ever thought you would be. And that, for me, is, 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 is the bigger takeaway here. Go on, Mario. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I understand what, what Chuck is saying. But you also have to remember, a new stadium, and you know how the fans, they, they are hungry for success. So the way that the team was building and going through, like, you know, first of the league, and even my mates around me making jokes and, and cracking, that was because the confidence is rising. While they're up there, I think he, he like, 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 made a great point in saying, this is his test. This is the test where we're really going to see how intelligent and what kind of smart movements he will make. Because look at what Pochettino did. Halftime, who did he take off? He take Colwell off. Why? Because he had a yellow card. He knew the the, 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 the competition that he had or the, the, the fight spirit that he had going on was not going to be for this derby game because he was going to get another yellow card. Then he's got another player out. So I think Pozzacoglu is going to be have to be really smart and picking the right details in who is he going to play, where is he going to put them, and how is he going to adapt to the situation he's in right now? Because he has to move really quickly because he's got a great team, but it's when everybody's available. But let's see now what happens when tomorrow away. I, I th honestly, uh, Madison obviously has been terrific. Tottenham have been terrific. He's hard to single sort of one player out, but from an attacking sense, he's a kind of guy that gets the headlines. It's clear that, well, it seems clear that, that Van de Ven is the more serious of the injuries, and I actually think he's the bigger problem. And the reason I say that is, is because the way Spurs play. Uh, I think they'll always get some creativity, be it from Brennan Johnson or Hungman Son or Richarlison or Bentoncourt back in the side or, or back available, he's fit again. Maybe not quite the same as Madison, but they'll get something. I, I think the problem comes at the back, Dan, the way they, because what they do is, clearly it was hot tonight, they play a high line, they push the two full-backs in and that puts a lot of pressure 
on the two centre-backs. I've said that from the very first day of the season when we watched his team uh, play away at Brentford. They went, he needs to have centre-halves that can run. Because they have to be the insurance policy if the players lose the ball further up the field for that ball over the top. And Van de Ven has been absolutely brilliant at that. He's one of the quickest defenders around. Not just in England, but across Europe. So he was, the ins he was part of an insurance policy for them losing that ball. That, that's somewhat gone. You look at the others that might come in there. Eric Dyer's not quick. Mm. And who else <laughs> is going to come in and play centre-back? If Ben Davis is fit again, can he come in and play left-sided centre-back? So this Van de Ven injury is a big problem for the way Spurs want to play in, t in terms of you know, defending the counter-attack. Final point to you on this, Mario. Who finishes higher, Spurs or Chelsea? 11 points separate them at the moment. I mean, no, we have to look at what team is playing better football at the moment, you know, and I have to say to say Chelsea won, but Spurs is a team that's playing, you know, better football. So let's go from that first. Let's see if Chelsea can play even better than what they did today because there were some points, you know, some people that are watching, watch Mudrik coming on, I think he still is wrongly uh, placed. He needs to understand to play deeper so he makes more problems for the defenders. Instead of asking all the ball in his feet, why he's so quick? No, little things like that. I think they got to work on details. While Spurs, at, at the moment, they are a step ahead of Chelsea. So I will always pick them first. I don't think we've ever been so mean to a team that won 4-1. Uh, just a reminder, ESPN FC will be back on your screens tomorrow. It's all about the Champions League tomorrow. Borussia Dortmund looking to bounce back from the Classica defeat as they take on Newcastle. And in the later game, it's Milan looking for some sort of semblance of revenge against PSG. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right then, we discussed this yesterday. I just wanted to bring it up again because it's the first time we've got Shaka, Craig and Mario here to, to reflect on this statement that Arsenal put out. Arsenal Football, Football Club wholeheartedly supports Mika Arqueta's post-match comments after yet more unacceptable refereeing and VAR errors on Saturday evening. PGMOL urgently needs to address the standard of officiating, focus on action, which moves us all on from retrospective analysis, attempted explanations and apologies. We support the ongoing efforts of the Chief Refereeing Officer Howard Webb and would welcome working together to achieve the world-class officiating standards our league 
demands. Conan. Well, look, I get Ateta's frustration from the weekend, and I don't have a problem with managers showing passion. I don't want robots. In hindsight, were his comments probably too strong? I think so. But there's absolutely no need for a statement to be made from a football club here about backing managers. I mean, we're going to, are we going to have this every weekend now? There's, there's not just Arsenal Football Club in the Premier League, there's 20 others. Are they all going to come out and make statements about a penalty it wasn't given or a possible yellow card or a possible red card or a manager's complaints? So there's absolutely no need. There's, what Arsenal need to do is rise above this. Uh, and, and in some sense, you know, maybe Mikel Arteta as well, he's not the only one, as we know, that's been wronged quite badly, and I think we do believe he was wronged at yeah, the weekend. Yeah, I think everyone agrees it's a bad Well, I think there's, a, there's, there's one or two still burying their heads in the sand, but, but look, for me, it was crystal clear. Gabriel, notwithstanding the ball out and the offside and all the other mm-hmm. nonsense, it was crystal clear that Joe Linton pushed Gabriel in, in, in the back and on the back of the head, right? At a, at a time when he's just about to head the ball. So I, I can understand, I mean, I, I don't know how you can... Uh, define this any other way, right? I just don't. See, the thing is, Shaq, like, putting out this statement, what does it achieve? Do I, referees I, I, read this statement and go, oh, right, now we really have to be better at what we do now I, I, because I, we don't want to be on the receiving end of another honest, statement. I, I thought this was a really ill-advised statement. I thought it, it, it really, really was. Listen, I, I took exception to, to some things that, that Mikel Arteta said uh, post-game, but I think the game understands that it's emotional and it... it Especially right after the game and after you feel you've been wrong, you, you, you were wronged, you come out and you, and, and you make these, these strong statements. Um, mind you, a, a month ago, as Stevie pointed out yesterday, his, his positioning was totally different about uh, the human nature of, 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 of our referees and how we should be more accepting. That contradiction aside, you mm-hmm. understand the emotion. Um, but then 24 hours later, when you assume that emotion has died down, the club comes out with this statement, which, which says that it's, it's not about emotion, that this is, is kind of well thought out, and, and this is, 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 is our position on this. In, in, in backing, what I, again, what I thought were, were, were poor statements, what could be interpreted as inflammatory and attacking of, of officials, but you're willing to excuse because we've all been there in, in, in this game, the club comes and does this. So now, in, in my opinion, if the FA comes down hard on, on Mikel Arteta, if he finds himself with a touchline ban or a, a fine or, or whatever it comes, it's not necessarily about what he said, but the fact that the club, 24 hours later, decided to do this. I, I, it's <laughs> not just, it's not just um, I don't see the point in making it. I think it's made things worse for their manager. It, it, it really has. It, it, it makes so little sense to me that I'm, I'm, I don't know where to start. Even football clubs now, this is so 2023, this is so the era that we are in, that even football clubs now and people within them are waking up in the mall and, and thinking the world's against them. Everybody's been wrong. We're woke, uh, we're woke. It's, all, it's anti-Arsenal this morning. It was anti-Liverpool last week. It's anti-Wills. Everybody's against it. It's just basic. The basic principle here is we, ha- unfortunately at the moment, we have a group of referees that are substandard. Yeah, we, the, the we, had tonight, we had a game tonight with the best, Michael Oliver, right? But we have a group of referees, Mario, that are, let's be honest, they, they are substandard at the moment. <laughs> no, but you know what? The only thing I can, I can say is if he's doing it 
because he wants to take the heat for his team. You know how Mourinho used to do the tactical stuff. He talks up first and, you know, to protect his team. That could only be the reason. If that is not the reason, then I totally agree with the guys. Just He put him too much uh, attention on his team and then uh, more pressure because we have a high expectation from Arsenal. Because they last season, they turned second. We were like, oh, they came so close. They got to win it now this season. So it's a lot of demanding on them. And he's demanding a lot from them too. But doing this, it might just put more heat. And I still, I, I understand what even what Craig said at the beginning. Why was everybody so focused on the ball that was out? Why didn't ever focus on Jollington? I don't know why everybody was looking at, oh, is the ball out? Is it out? Guys, come on now. They look like a rugby push. Yeah. And then they complained about it. No, that was for me. I was I was watching the game. I was like, blow blow the whistle for the foul. And everybody was, no, it's out. And we got to come. Oh, my God. That made it even worse for, for her. That's why Ateta lost his mind. Because his passion was like a player, not like a manager. But it's interesting because you're like, okay, obviously we've talked about this a lot. But mm-hmm. look over here. Look, look at the VAR. Look at the, the, the bad decision as opposed to don't look over here where, again, my goalkeeper made the mistake, which in fact led to that, that problem. And my attacking third, again, was nowhere near as strong as it was last season. And we were outplayed by Newcastle. I think that's the crux of the matter, that they're not the only team that's been wronged. Uh, but we have a manager who is under pressure. What's wrong with him, Craig? What's Managers are always under pressure, but here we have a manager who I think is pigeonholing himself with his decisions and putting more pressure on himself. We look at two of his big signings and Arsenal's big signings. David Rea, not monetary, but it was a big call mm-hmm. to come in and then replace Ramsdale. And then we look at uh, Kai Havertz. Now, I, uh, I am absolutely steadfast that these two players have made the squad better, right? David Raya, if Ramsdale had an injury, I'm fine with that. Kai Havertz covering the front three or coming on in the midfield for 20 minutes is, is helping Arsenal's squad. But it is my opinion that these two players have made the Arsenal starting 11 weaker. Now, Declan Rice has made it stronger, in my opinion. These two have weakened those two positions. One of them, 70 million. Mm-hmm. So he has pigeonholed himself into this position where he's already made a decision with Havertz, right? He played at the weekend because he didn't have too many other choices, but we know he's already been dropped. And now he's got a decision to make at some point with this goalkeeper. So I think, honestly, he has, we- he has weakened the starting 11 by trying to overthink it. You know, like, oh, we're going to play out, we're going to be absolutely the best team playing from the back. This goalkeeper's great. He come, he's out of the ball at the feet and would do this and Havertz can play in the midfield. It wasn't that bad last year. It didn't need all this and now he needs some momentum and now he's got some problems and once again, we're talking about VAR, his keeper for the umpteenth game, as you said, was flapping mm-hmm. at crosses. Yeah. Shaka, I think it was you who used this phrase a, a couple of weeks ago that maybe he's believing his own hype. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I honestly don't understand a lot of decisions that he's made. And, and I, don't understand, um, I don't understand some of, some of the defences of, of those decisions. And I, I don't understand the need for it. I, I, and and why, at the same time, listen, Mikel Arteta has built an incredible squad here. Mm. 
Arsenal are, are playing the kind of football that we, we haven't seen from Arsenal for 20-odd years. Arsenal will finish the top four again. The only question is, can they run? Man can they do a better job of running Manchester City down? Okay, they were leading for much of last season, but, but you know what I'm trying to say here. That's the only question here. So to, to Craig's point, Mikel Arteta shouldn't be feeling under pressure. Not, not, in, not in that way. No, not in the way that 99% of the managers in the, in the, in the league are, he's feeling, are he's feeling the pressure of the expectations yeah. to be better than last year. No, I, I, no, I, I, I'm not just saying, but that, that pressure is, is, a, is a whole lot easier pressure to deal with than somebody down the bottom half of the table. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he, he'd happily, happily take what, what, he is, what he's dealing with now. So I don't, I, I really, um, I continue to be thoroughly confused by not just his decisions, but by his reactions, the things that he has to say. Um, and and the, I, the only thing I can put it down to, again, is that he's believing his own hype and somehow positioning himself as the ultimate authority on the game. And then when the game doesn't kind of buy into that, then he kind of lashes out. I, I, I don't know how else to... How, how to position but, it? But but, let, but let's have a look at let, let's have a, a think about the deficiencies at the weekend for Arsenal. I think one shot on target. Uh, but let's give Newcastle credit. There was no Odegaard, big miss. Jesus again, he is a miss. Uh, and then you're looking at your other top man, Bukayo Saka, and Newcastle did a terrific job for the main and closing the space for this guy. Here's his stats across the season so far. You know, at Newcastle, chances created, he's down. Touches in the box, he's down. Six, successful take-ons was, was zero. Carrying the ball is almost a fifth. So you've got to give Dan Byrne and then Kieran Trippi in the second half. You've got to give Joe Linton and Anthony Gordon and Eddie Howe credit for snuffing out for the most part. Now, he did have one chance in the first half that fell to his right foot, but he saw one-footed. He tried to come back on the left side and Anthony Gordon get in. But Newcastle did a great job of realising without Odegaard on the side, the pressure was going to come from the wide positions. Now, they got quite a bit from Martinelli on the other side, but there was no real end product. He had a lot of the ball, but no real end product. So they realised, I think, we, we've got to make sure we snuff this guy out. So Newcastle did a terrific job and everybody's talking about Arsenal and everybody's talking about Ateta's press conference and the horrible decision that went against them. But actually, after the start they had to the season, Newcastle did another great job. They did a great yeah. job in Saka. They did a great job on the counter-attack, played some good stuff, got a lucky break. But Arsenal's big boys, they just didn't do it at the weekend. Yeah. Oh, Mario. Don't you think? Don't you think that Newcastle also played the older version that what normally was Arsenal's problem? Because... You know, like normally when we watch Arsenal, right, we always used to say when it really matters, when people are really go face to face with them and have that big fight with them, it sometimes becomes tricky for them. And I think that's what Newcastle, when you go there, guys, we all know that stadium, <laughs> Saka knows even better, that stadium ain't cute. When you go and play there, it's tough to win. It doesn't matter what team you are. You know that when you play against Newcastle at that stadium, you got to bring it from the first minute. And if you look at them, the way they kicked off the game, that energy, I thought they were going to drop the energy when I looked at them. I was like, second half, it's going to come out. They're going to struggle. But they kept it really high and they kept competing with them and just made them feel like, guys, it does not matter what you have. Even if you are that, you know, skillful and as a team, you know, how they, I think this is one of the key things. And I also think 
Ateta is also putting pressure on himself because he's a winner. He has won so much before he got this job. His goal is only one thing, beating <laughs> Guardiola and making sure he gets to that, that title. But that is going to be a lot of ask for him because his coolness is going to be one of the key things. Because if he doesn't hold it, then you also have to control your team and your players and your individuals. Because if you show too much passion to the outside world, then the ones are on the field are going to feel like, hey, coach, you're unsettling us. And I hope he's not doing that for his team and keep them in the balance and making sure that he keep producing what he did last season. Tell you, Arsenal, I tell you, Arsenal are missing Granit Xhaka as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, obviously Thomas Partey's a big miss. Isn't yeah, it? but Xhaka, you know, he would go into, he would, when, when they had the ball in Zinchenko, it was Tommy Asso at the weekend, but Zinchenko would go in and he'd push forward and Xhaka would float out to that left-sided of the back three and he's left-footed and he can play a pass, he can score a goal and he's tenacious. And yeah, he's had disciplinary problems, but actually they are, I think they're missing him right now. But, but the crux of the matter is the two players. Is he going to change the goalkeeper, yes or no? And Kai Havertz cannot play <laughs> in the middle of the park in a side that's gone for the championship. He wouldn't get in Liverpool's side in the midfield. He wouldn't, certainly wouldn't get in Man City's side in the midfield. He wouldn't get in Newcastle's side in the midfield. So why the hell is he in Arsenal's side? And why has Mikel Arteta... Who said to him over the summer? Hmm. Unless, I don't know if it was his idea or whether it was Edu's or somebody else said, here's a great idea. We'll take Kai Havertz, we'll spend a fortune on him and we'll play him in a position he hasn't played for ages or hardly ever played. That's going to make us better. That just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, just a reminder, Extra Time is available every single day. That's where we stay late to answer some of your questions, including favourite candy. That's Craig. Jolly Ranchers. No, it's not my favourite. What do you mean? I just I said it was one of the many. Don't complicate, complicate everything. You can check that out over on YouTube. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Front page of Kicker sums it up. The big difference with the two goal scorers on there. Harry Kane, of course, bagging a hat-trick. I don't know what deja vu is in German, Craig, but we've seen this before, haven't we? Yeah, I mean... What, that headline? No, not that headline. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, look, it's, it's getting a little bit embarrassing, if not a lot. You know, it's just 4-0 at home. Uh, Stuart Robson was over there for us, talked about it, the difference in athleticism and pace and power between the two sides. And by the way, it's not a, it's not a brilliant version of Bayern at the moment either. That, that is certainly still 
a work in progress. But but let's be frank about this. You know, Borussia Dortmund. We saw we saw what they were last year when they absolutely bottled it and threw the title away. This club is just a feeder club now. And has been for a while, for everybody else. For the, the slim pickings for other people just to come and take the players and then they move forward. That's kind of where their ambitions are. We can criticise Bayern for the way they do it and some of the people that run the club and blah, blah, blah. But at least they have ambition. At least they have ambition to go out and try and get the best players. Dortmund do not. Uh, and that's the reason, more often than not, they're in the position they were in at the weekend. Uh, having said all that, you still need to put the ball in the back of the net, no matter what the opposition, Mario. Harry Kane has done that. No one is surprised the fact that he's gone to Germany and racked up these sort of records. Uh, yeah, and this is the goal when I was talking. This is his second goal. But if you see the way Goretzka picks up the ball, runs right to the middle, puts an eight, and goal and just how comfortable he is and the way he scores the goals like this is the thing is that sometimes people would be able to say like oh um you know he's playing for a team that's always attacking and get the opportunities but you still gotta put them in and the calmness that he's bringing with that because it's not easy and like <laughs> and okay i was a defender so i was not maybe the guy that's scoring the goals but definitely for him to make it look so comfortable and i heard enough guys that's been around him so much when he strikes on the goal he almost always hits the target, even if it doesn't mm -hmm. go in. And I think that is his ability of always striking from whatever angle he strikes from. And look at the goals, man. 14 games, 17 goals. Then you are a player like, okay, we don't have to talk about his quality too much because we know what he's good at. But he came with a lot of pressure, right? Because it was a big expectation. Lewandowski was before you and he did so well. You did well in England. It doesn't mean when you cross the water, you're going to do great. But you come into a country and... Muller, one of the key figures of that team, made a joke with him and said, like, hey, I think you need a bigger hotel room because your balls that you scored in those hat-tricks, they might not fit in the room. You stay. I'm like, I was like, oh, my God, it's so a Muller comment to make. But it was kind of funny if you have a teammate like that. And he's making those around him better, Shank. Yeah. Interestingly, I like Leroy Sané. I've always, yeah. I've always liked Leroy Sané, but you always want more from him because you know what he can deliver, and he's been delivering brilliantly Listen, alongside uh, Harry Kane. I, I mean, Leroy Sané has been having an outstanding season, and, and if you only ever saw Leroy Sané play against Dortmund, you, uh, and to be fair, Dortmund, and, and in particular Wolf on the left-hand side, had a part to play in this, you would have thought he's the greatest player on the planet, in, in all honesty. I think one of, one, one of the beauties of that, and you didn't see as much of it uh, from Kane uh, in this game against Dortmund, is that he can drop deep, and he gives, he gives centre-backs a, a problem. Do you stay with him? Do you sit in the space? And he's so good at linking up play. Um, but then, again, as, as I said in, in, in this game, this, from the time Open Meccano scores after, what, five or six minutes and, and Dortmund find themselves coming out to, having to come out to play and leaving the likes of Leroy Sané up against Wolf, um, it, it, it really was an embarrassing evening for, for, for the right back. And, and Leroy Sané just made the game look so easy. As far as Kane goes, and, and every time you see him play, and just, this just kind of, he just seems to play in slow motion. I, I can't <laughs> think of anybody else in the box who just, it looks like the whole game just slows down. Whenever it's like Jan he, running, basically. Like, like Jan running. <laughs> yeah. Everything just slows down when he gets on, on, on the ball. And, and it's, it's a, it really is, he makes things look so simple. Uh, a lot more reflections on what happened in the Classica on the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast. Uh, as always, you can check that out over on our website. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Be sure to stay tuned. Extra time is next. Uh, Mario is back. Welcome into today's edition of Extra Time. Craig is here, Shaka and Mario with some trinkets behind. Mario, you've got to turn those, uh, those egg timers up the other way just for my entertainment behind you. What are they? They're just, just, just entertainment, man. It's just, oh, just entertainment. Well, go on then, entertain us. Turn them the other way around. <laughs> okay, yes. let me turn one. Let me turn there one we are. There. That's how long extra time's going to be. Yeah, yeah, when that runs out, <laughs> there we go. I'm gone. Folks. And what's oh, wait, the trophy that's in front of them? Boom. Yeah. There we go. What's, what's that I, trophy there, Mario? That's a the, dangerous that's play. The bicycle that's a kick dangerous from, play uh, trophy. No, my friend. Shaka, this is the bicycle <laughs> kick from Marco van Basten. If you become yeah. the best talent of Ajax, you win this. There you are, Shaq. Take that. Still dangerous. Yeah, don't joke about that. All right. And what about the, the soccer ball that's next to it, next to the egg timers? Oh, there? my God. Okay, this was the FA Cup when we won it. Oh. It's little one of those snow things. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. no, you, you shake it about and the snow comes like... There we are. Yeah. So I thought, you know, let me decorate it a little bit so you guys can, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah, just a little decorative. At, 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 at what point did you think it was a good idea to talk about that? <laughs> I've got it written on the shit. So basically, we had a Cad Eve incident today, and the highlight didn't quite. No, but I, I, what I don't understand is at what point in life does a Cad incident ever become interesting? Because the referee went. To, oh, something happened with the yellow card with the referee. He gave a red, and then he gave a second. Oh, he dropped the yellow card, and everybody went, ho, ho, ho. The referee. Where did he show that? It's not Christmas. <laughs> Where's he's got that snow thing? <laughs> Santa was your effort. Santa came in. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, 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 You've been a naughty boy. Where's it with <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Whoa, we're going to be in the FC, ESPN FC highlights now. It's a lot of dog. Oh, this will be a good uh, filler. Okay, what's going on here? Um, should the Premier League get some entertainers that run on the field while we wait for these long bar decisions? <laughs> oh, imagine how angry people would be. Oh, they, they used to have that before games. 
Yes. You used to have, yeah. I have to phrase this correctly. Crystal Palace used to have cheerleaders, didn't The cheerleaders, that's yeah. what it is, cheerleaders, yeah. Why do you have to phrase that correctly? <laughs> well, I, just, I have to phrase cheerleaders correctly. Well, no, I, 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 I couldn't remember oh, what it was exactly. They could do that. that. What would make people more angry, that or going to a commercial? <laughs> <laughs> that, would get oh them, that would get everyone going. They they're going to handle that. Ah, oh, goodness. Just put the lights out. Put the lights out? Yeah, the place should just go black. Right, that's just it. Do, obviously, in night games. Yes. And then everybody should just be should just stand there and wait and see what the hell's happening. Why do I they mean, have to be in the dark? I don't know. <laughs> you don't get Romero suspended. Van der Ven and possibly Madison injured. Is a title chase over for Spurs, Craig? Never felt it was on the cards anyway. Oh. Felt this was a, a great story that has got a limited <laughs> amount of mileage with this particular squad. Brilliant to watch. They'll continue to be so, but at no point have I ever felt as good as this start has been that this was going to see its way all the way through the season. So, and and I've nothing, seen nothing to change my mind. Oh, Craig, another question for you: Will anyone ever repeat Arsenal's invincible season, or is it an unbreakable record? No idea. No idea. They draw a few games, did they not? Well, yes, yeah. but they're still unbeaten. Yeah, yeah. They drew a few games, and what that doesn't yeah. count. I don't. They go with Portsmouth. Is that important? To me, to, to me, what's important is, at the end of the year to have some tangible, which they did have that year, of course they did, but it's, you know, it's... But it's something that's never been achieved. It has since. never happened again in my lifetime. No. no. I don't see why that's, I don't, really don't see the, the huge Mario, importance Mario, do you see the huge importance of it? Yeah, because we, I think it was also the time we played. I'm sure Shaka played in that time too. But for me, it was like, they were really like they were in control of every game, and like well, we we talked about it before the, the the Newcastle game, things like that wouldn't have happened to them. They were bossing the game every game you went there, especially in the beginning of the season. And we still kind of want to call it the begin because they didn't pass the Christmas time yet, but they were incredible. And you you sometimes you come on the field and you see names in there. What is it? Uh, Henry, Lundberg, Burkham, Kanu, uh, you know, then uh, so many names that were like incredible that I don't know if they are, they are building on the mentality of the team and making sure that it become a normalism for them to win and fighting spirit and all that. And in the invisible, there was a natural gift that they had. Yeah, but I, I, I get it, you know, if you can do it, fine, but the, the Correct me if I'm wrong, and I know the answer to this. They didn't win the Champions League, did they? No, they didn't. Right. So, you know, Man City didn't lost, I can't remember how many they lost last year, but they won the league, they won the FA Cup, and they won the Champions League. Is yeah. that, that's, that's more important than going, oh, we could go unbeaten here through the domestic season. That's kind of, I think it's a little narrow-minded. At the end of the day, it's about winning the major trophies. And Arsenal did it in the Premier League, but didn't win the Champions League. Uh, Mario, here we go. You're going to love this question. <laughs> Star potential <laughs> sell in their primes ooh, ooh, at Chelsea. Ooh. Edin Hazard, Frank Lampard, Didier oh, Drogba. Oh, man. Oh. Easy. I mean, I have to start Drogba because he won the, he won them. The, he brought that cup home. You understand? And then, I mean, that's a difficult. Lampard and Hazard because Hazard got me back to the bridge because I love watching him. But Lampard was my teammate. I gotta go for him, man. Brother, you gotta sit on the bench and Hazard, I give you an extra day off. Wow, Drogba, Lampard, Hazard, then, is the order? Yeah, no, uh, I am 
uh, starting Lampard all day because the goals, the amount of goals on that regularity from the middle of the park is invaluable. But aren't you going more consistency than at his prime? No. Trust me. That amount of goals, year in, year out, is invaluable. But not year in, year out, at his prime. What do you mean? Well, because, like when, when Drogba was unbelievable and dragged yeah. him through the Champions <laughs> League, when was Hazard scary. was incredible and they won the Premier League because of him, like, when they were at their peak, peak, were they at Frank Lampard's level? It's a different yes. position. Is Lampard, it, yeah. trust me, I'm going <laughs> Lampard, Drogba, and I'm, and I'm dropping ha Hazard. Okay. That's where, where I'm yeah. going. Yeah? Right. Oh, interesting, interesting. All right. Chat, would you like to join in? I, I, would, I would start Hazard, and I have absolutely no idea with Lampard or Drogba who, who will go first and second. Quite a pretty pocket square today. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No tie, bit sloppy. Fashionable. <laughs> Coming from you. What's going on with your face? Well, I can't. I've tried to sell my. I've tried selling my face, and nobody. There's no takers. I put. I put it on eBay. Bids over a certain amount for that awful beard again. What awful beard? That one you had a few years ago. What was better than the one Shaq tried to do? Hey, well, you can't man. call it a beard. What Shaq? No, I, had a, I had a very beardly beard. Shaq had well, patches. I had, a, I had a very beardly beard. I thought, I, if I'd, I thought if I'd put a tie on the day, it would take the focus off the beard. Well, it brings up the well, I'll, be back to my I'll be back to I'll be back to t-shirts tomorrow. Don't worry. After that bonkers first half today, what is the most entertaining first half you've ever seen or played in? Goodness, they're not going to remember this. Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. Well. Bradford City 4, Derby County 3. Blooming heck. Half time. <laughs> wow. Relegation battle, 2000. Delap sent off after 30 minutes. We were, I can't remember. You for Derby at the time. Yeah. Can't remember the chronological order of the goals, but it was absolutely bonkers. And I didn't know this. But the other, a few weeks ago, I was looking back and it was like seven goals at half time. Yeah. Oh. Finished 4 4. Yeah. So it was only one in the second half. You know yeah. what I'm going to ask you? What? Did you score? Yeah, I scored twice. Oh, yeah, there you go. I missed the third, that's the game where I missed the third penalty. Oh, was that the penalty game? That's the game where I took three penalties and I missed the third one. So oh. it would have been 5 4. Oh, letting everyone down. Mm. Not really, I still went to the pub after. <laughs> Jack? No. I, 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 can't, I can't think about a first half like that. Well, you I, might, oh, you, what about Newcastle-Liverpool, no? Did you play in those games? Yeah, I played in one. Yeah, but that wasn't about first half. I, can't, well, how, I can't remember. That was a like, dramatic ending, wasn't it? Mm. Just dramatic. Uh, and, yeah, yeah I, 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 I can't remember first half being that crazy. No. no. Mario? My, my best uh, was uh, seeing the bicycle kick that you asked me about. From Marco yes. from Buster in the state. I was there as a kid. I was so that's young. No, that's, that's like, the best goal, Mario. The most entertaining yeah. first half, though. Yeah, but that's a, that, that is the, for me, it was entertaining. If you are a young kid, and I was like maybe, what, 13 years old, and you see Stop that. Stop bringing up the blooming bicycle kick. No, it was one of the best I've ever seen. And away from that, I've seen <laughs> Romario and Ronaldo live. I was on my own, my knees were frozen in the stadium and I just went to watch them. It was that bad that I watched them. I didn't know, I don't even know the score anymore, but I can say to you, I've seen Ronaldo and Romario live playing for PSV against Ajax. Oh my God, beautiful, beautiful. Oh. That was football at its best. Learning lesson for me. 
Will you answer all questions in time it takes for VAR reviews? <laughs> Took a long time today. <laughs> we, we already... They should use Mario's egg timer thing well, no, that's, for VAR. That, that egg timer is definitely... Your egg is going to be so hard-boiled by the end of that. Yeah, it's not really running that quick, no, is it? No, it's not at all. Uh, okay. These new egg timers, Mario. Yeah, need some smaller Who's ones. Who's got the worst backdrop, Mario or Kieran Gibbs? Oh, Gibbs, definitely. La lack of effort from Gibbs, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Ke Not yeah. surprising, though, considering... Uh, Kieran kind of cooking a tree football boot trophy thing. Yeah. I... That's, that's got to go That's somewhere. no bicycle that's... kick for yeah, a young Ajax player, or whatever yeah. that is. Shaka, the goalkeeper is inherently a lonely position. How exposed must Vicario have felt with the nine-man high line? <laughs> <laughs> he was good, wasn't he? Vicario was outstanding today. I, I, I thought I thought Mario mentioned it during the show. I, I thought it was fantastic. And, and I'll be honest, the start of the season, I thought he looked a little bit nervy. And he's just grown into that position incredibly well. It can't be easy taking over from Hugo Lloris, even though Lloris was on his way out at his best, one of the best the, the game has seen, um, or certainly one of the best in the game at the time. And Vicario's just come in and has been simply outstanding. It's been, it's been good to witness. How did you deal with loneliness? I got friends. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, loneliness on the pitch or just loneliness in general? Well, I don't know. I think you enjoy the loneliness because you're often seen here at your desk. Yeah. Long oh. after this show's finished. Yeah. Sitting there, p pondering something on the computer, um, on your on your lonesome, not a care in the world. I'm not quite sure where this question comes from. Up to something. Final one. Up to something. If the ESPN FC crew were caught up in a heist, who would snitch first? Me. I think yeah. I would. Ah, I'd uh, serve you all up, no problem. I'd be like, these under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I just say, it was all gabs on Well, what Right there, look up there. There what he is. I think what would happen is, is, is the crew would get caught, police would come in, mob handed, we'd send Gab out, <laughs> he'd start telling him about financial fair play. And then we'd all do a runner. And they'd say, take the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing to see here. Yeah, we'd be good. Nothing to see here. No problem. We're out of here. Oh, uh, that is it. Well, we're done. Thank you very much, Mario. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to say anything more about the bicycle kick? Or the egg diamond? Should have been a, egg been a still good. I'm, dangerous yeah, I'm good, man. But if you, if you need a trophy one day, then just call me. I'll send one for you. I've got tons of oh, spare. Oh, I've got tons of spare. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Um, we'll see Shaka's Newcastle. You'll be here, Shaq, will you? Yeah, I'll be here tomorrow. Oh, you're back tomorrow? I am. We're back tomorrow. Newcastle, Dortmund, plus yeah. in Milan against PSG. Celtic. <laughs> Sorry, Craig just as Casey <laughs> <and> shouts <laughs> Celtic. <laughs> it's a problem that he's been trying to